every American citizen must have an equal right to vote. The administration of elections is primarily a state and local responsibility. Whether you voted for the very first time or waited in line for a very long time, by the way, we have to fix that. Welcome to High Turnout, Wide Margins. This is Brianna Lennon. I'm the county clerk in Boone County, Missouri, and with me is my co-host. Eric Fay, Director of Elections in St. Louis County, Missouri. And today we are really excited to have Stephanie Plunt from Elections Canada, and she is going to be talking to us about the recent Canadian election and also how the whole system works. Uh, so we're really excited to have you here. And uh, we always ask our first question, which is, how did you end up working in elections? Well, bonjour. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so I kind of like a lot of people, a lot of your people you interview fell into it. So I was actually after university working for my member of parliament. Um, he retired after being a member of parliament for 40 years. It's kind of like a house of representatives. And um, at the time, they had like a bridging program for people who work for parliamentarians. So you could just bridge yourself into the public service. There was an opening at Elections Canada, which is where I ended up for 10 years. I recently kind of returned back to the election gig because I was working at the University of Ottawa and the University of Carleton, which are the local universities here in Ottawa where I live, which is the capital. And uh, yeah, for my sins, I ended up working <laughs> this, uh, this federal election, which was called on August 16th, and we had the election on uh, September 20th. So it's a short little, it's a short little ditty for sure. It's not like your, your elections, which tend to be a lot longer for sure. Yeah. So I've, I've really always been curious about that because when we're going to have a special election, I mean, behind the scenes things, if the governor's going to call something, there's available dates that they can use, but they still only have a certain amount of time to do it. They can't just say two weeks before an available election date. Okay. Now we're going to have it. Uh, so right. there's a lot of behind the scenes things that happens. Can you talk about what happens when the government decides to call an election? Well, technically we, we have what's called a parliamentary democracy. So the party that has the most seats in our house of commons. So in like the house of representatives, it, so the, it, for us, it would be the equivalent of the Democrats would be the majority party. And then the leader of the Democrats, which I think is Nancy Pelosi, where you guys would be our prime minister. So we don't have like an executive branch like you guys do. So our problem, which is not really a problem because it happens in a lot of countries, is that our um, parliament is a minority parliament. So while Justin Trudeau has the majority of seats, he doesn't have an actual physical majority. So he has to kind of negotiate with other parties to get any sort of bill passed or get anything really done in the House of Commons. Now, when you're in a minority position, and the polls are in your favor, you will absolutely call an election because it's with a majority that you can kind of go Yahtzee and pass any bills you want because he'll have a majority in the Senate and he has a majority in the House of Commons. Now, that didn't happen <laughs> this election, but we had kind of been hearing, I would say since April, that they would call an election sometime soon. Now, we didn't know when soon would be. Uh, the cases of COVID in Canada were quite high at that point, and they sat kind of petered off in the summer. So in August, early August, we started hearing like 
you know, the other party's unreasonable and I want my majority in the House of Commons and yada, yada, yada. So we knew it was coming. We just didn't have like an official date like you guys do where he could pick a date and take it. It was just sort of rumblings. And then he walked, it's actually ceremonial. He does this thing where he walks to the governor general's office. The governor general is the Canadian representative of the queen and uh, the election was called. So a little civics lesson for you, but uh, it's very like, if, whenever I speak to British people, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, just like, like, like we, cause we inherited their system, right? We have the exact same system like they do in the UK. Um, the difference being nobody calls an election in January because it's very cold. So <laughs> yeah. One thing that is very different about the Canadian election system. I mean, there are a lot of things, but probably administration wise is the structure. And mm -hmm. that's where in the United States, we really don't have any federal election administration, but in Canada, there is Elections Canada and they run Elections Canada administers the, the federal elections in Canada, but they don't administer local elections. And so could you talk a little bit about how election administration is structured in Canada? Yeah. So like, yeah, it's exactly as you mentioned. So Elections Canada has like a federal election law. So whenever a federal election is called, there's like a whole bunch of laws that need to be followed. It, it encompasses everything from the size of the ballot to the font on the ballot to how long an election can be, when candidates have to be nominated by, um, sort of the procedure in the polling place, how many people can be inside, if candidates can have observers, how the count happens. So all that is managed and regulated federally. Now, locally, we have what's called a returning officer for every riding. So every we have 336 ridings in Canada. You probably heard of some of them. Toronto Centre is a riding. Toronto East is a riding. Vancouver Centre is a riding. I live in the riding of Ottawa Vanier, which is the Prime Minister's riding. Um, yeah, so, and they, the local returning officers, do kind of all the little local things like you guys would probably relate to. So they book all the buildings, they manage the queues of people, they do the registration of electors, they manage the mail-in ballots that are coming in. We've been doing that a long time. So when you guys, by the way, had your controversy over mail-in ballots, I was like, oh, call me. <laughs> We've been doing this a long time. <laughs> um, yeah, so they kind of manage all the local logistics, but Elections Canada absolutely has like the hammer about how it's done and how it's supposed to run. And then locally, we kind of do all the little local things that you guys know. The big difference um, with us, so that's, that we have what's called like a returning officer, like I mentioned, and that is also a British term because back in the day, the returning officer was tasked with returning the results to the king or queen of England for the election. Um, the returning officer in Canada returns the results at the end of the evening or several days later, depending on the results, but it's like done by phone or internet, not on horseback. <laughs> so that's how that came about. So then let's say the city of Toronto is going to have an election. I mean, they have a city council or something, they have a mayor. Mm -hmm. who, who is responsible for that? So we actually have four sort of levels of election in Canada. Federally, we have Elections Canada. Provincially, which is like your state, we have Elections Ontario or Elections British Columbia or Elections Quebec. They manage provincial elections. Locally, municipal elections are run by each individual city. And then we also have a really neat feature in Canada, which is we have Indigenous or what you call Native elections. And those are run band by band. They also, too, have like a Elections Canada for who sort of regulate things at the federal level, but it's administered locally by each um, Indigenous band. So one thing I 
find interesting. I've, I've talked to a lot of Canadian election officials over the years and like most uh, stereotypes about Canada, talk about Canadians being nice. They are very nice. <laughs> they're very professional. Um, they're very dedicated to their work, nonpartisan, uh, but you have this uh, stratified election administration, mm-hmm. wh- which seems, I don't know if inefficient is the right word or not, but you know, what helps, at least me, I'll speak for myself, is the repetition. You know, we, we get the practice in. And Elections Canada, you, you might administer election once every five years or something like that. To what extent do you all cooperate with the provincial and municipal and indigenous election officials? So there's probably two areas where we cooperate and the rest is kind of gangbusters. One is rental. So there will absolutely be sort of shared rental spaces that happen federal, provincial, municipal. So if there's a church, their church will kind of sign a contract with all three, with the same pricing. So that way there's no kind of overlap or no one can cry and say the prices were different. And the other area we cooperate, which is very extremely important is on uh, registration and voter ID. So for example, in Canada, when you get your driver's license in the province of Manitoba or in the province of Ontario, you're automatically added to the provincial list and to the federal list. Uh, When you do your taxes, you're automatically added to the federal list. So there's a lot of sharing of information in that sense to get people registered and to get people on the list. Now, my writing has the University of Ottawa. So you can imagine on polling day, all these super keen people came to vote, but they were from all over the country. And uh, when I was looking at their idea, I'm like, oh, you're from Yukon. Okay, cool. (laughs) Uh, But I had to get them registered. And it was not a straightforward process, but it was pretty easy process because I was able to get the information from their provincial government, especially because a lot of them have driver's licenses. So one thing I was curious about that I kept seeing was, uh, and why I saw it was because of criticisms and things like that, but the, there was an actual cost amount of the election, which no one can say here. No one can say, well, the November, 2020 election cost X amount of money for the United States. Mm -hmm. Um, What, what's the system of who pays for what and how did that, like, what did that include? Okay, so those, um, I'm not the mathy person at the federal level, but I know what they do is they'll take the numbers from the last election. So they'll say, we spent, and that's the nice thing about having a federal system, right? Is they can just gather all the information for what it costs in rental, for printing, for salaries, for recruitment, for um, um, outreach initiatives and a lot of vulnerable communities. Like all that is done and managed at the federal level. Obviously, the administration is done locally, but they can just take those amounts. And what they did this time is they were like, oh, hi, we have to have less people in the polling station working longer hours. We need masks. We need visors. We need gloves. We need disinfectant. We have to rent more spaces now because we lost all the schools and high schools, which we didn't lose them all, but we lost a lot. And so they were kind of able to come up with an estimate for the selection as to how much it would cost. And they have to do this because the chief electoral officer has to appear in front of parliament and basically ask for money, which sounds really weird because you would think if it's managed federally, they're just kind of given the money, but he kind of goes by what happened at the last election and says to parliament, I need these laws passed because of COVID or because of a change in whatever to be able to run the election. And I need this amount of money. And it's usually given with some stipulations. We didn't get all the COVID 
things we wanted. Like we wanted some modifications to the mail-in ballot, which we didn't get like prepaid postage. Um, but generally that's how that goes. And like, I don't know what it's like in the US, but generally we do get what we need for elections because it's seen as a high priority thing and something that we need to motivate people to vote. And so no one would ever be like, I'm gonna skimp and cut at Elections Canada. Like people would look at you sideways. Do you know, and you may not know if that is similar to what you hear at the local level for their funding? Cause I, I feel like there's pretty similar arguments like we have elections money that gets talked about at the federal level and there, you know, there are discussions about it and they do want to cut it and things like that. But really, I feel like most of the fights happen at the local level and our county commissions and things like that. Yeah. So it's again, it's very similar at the provincial level, the provincial chief electoral officer, the municipal chief electoral officer, which, by the way, are often men. I don't know why that is, but hopefully there'll be some changes. Um, and uh, they do the same thing where they sort of cost out what they think the election will cost based on new factors. And they're given money by their either local, provincial or federal uh, politicians to administer the election. Um, again, this is where a lot of sort of sharing would be helpful. Like you guys talked about, I would like to see something where, you know, um, like they do in the UK where federal public servants are given the day off and they can work the election. Like that would save a ton of money at all three levels or more sharing of things like printers or um, poll worker recruitment. Like if we could, we can't share lists, for example, at the federal or provincial level of people who were hired at the last election for privacy reasons, which kind of blows my mind. Um, so those things would definitely be cost-cutting measures, but we would have to have the proper legislation in place to be able to implement it. Obviously, last year in 2020 in the United States, we had our presidential election. There were a number of things that were controversial about it. And I think for our purposes, there were there were things to do with election administration that were controversial. You know, there are a lot of arguments over voter ID, over mail ballots, over funding for elections, you know, grants to local election authorities, handing out water to people in line. I mean, I know probably, <laughs> probably in your neck of the woods, it's handing out maple syrup to people in line, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or puts in, or puts yeah, in, yeah. <laughs> there, there you go, there you go. Um, was there anything that jumped to the forefront of the of the public debate uh, that had to do with the administration of the elections in Canada? Um, absolutely, COVID measures were like one of the big asks that the chief electoral officer put uh, noticed. Like usually his, his ask for the next election, if it is a majority government is within two years, but this time he had to do it within six months because we didn't know when the government would fall, but they were definitely asking for things like more money for polling stations because rents had gone up significantly and we lost like schools here, for example, are cheap to rent, but we couldn't really rent them anymore. Um, he asked for just for money for for paper. I know that sounds crazy, but it's like we did not know how many mail-in ballots we would get or we would need to print. And then obviously staffing, like he asked for more money for um, to pay poll workers because I don't want to say it, but the pay here is not up to par with other jurisdictions. And um, he asked just obviously for more staffing in general to do things like process the mail-in ballots and uh, allow people to vote at earlier locations. Was the expanded use of mail-in ballots controversial in Canada? Well, we've had that since 1991. Um, what was new-ish for us was before when you applied, like if you were within Canada, mail-in ballots are pretty easy. 
especially like we promoted them a lot on campuses because a lot of people want to vote in their home riding where they're from. Um, but what was kind of new-ish for us was uh, Canadians living abroad. So there was a Supreme Court case in 1996, which uh, Canadians living abroad were given the right to vote in our federal elections before they only had five years from moving. And now it's indeterminate, like they can vote as long as they're alive living abroad. Um, so we had a massive increase in ballots and there was just a lot of money spent on sort of explaining the process and returning the ballots and how much postage you'd have to use and when you have to download the application by. And so it's not, um, that is actually one thing where I think technology could really help us in Canada because like if you're living in Zimbabwe or Cameroon and the postal service is not great, you could probably be disenfranchised very easily. But that's kind of a, a long-term project that would require <laughs> a majority government and some buy-in from politicians. Uh, because, you know, those are kind of the nerdy elections, nuanced logistics things that you and I find fascinating, but like the general public is not really sitting at home worried about. So I could talk about it all day. <laughs> do, do you know how many local election officials there are in Canada, roughly? Right, so we have one returning officer per riding. So it's 338 returning officers, male, female. And then for polling day, we hire about 200,000 poll workers. So same day, excuse me, poll workers. Um, it's a lot, it's a lot, to, as you know, it's a lot to recruit them, it's a lot to train them, it's a lot to deploy them, it's a lot to pay them afterwards. And sometimes there's things like audits and recounts and they have to stick around for that. And sometimes there's complaints and whatever. So yeah, that, it's quite a like, I don't like to use the word manpower, but it is quite the manpower expedition because you're literally deploying a lot of unsuspecting people for one day and they don't know they could be there till one in the morning. I was at my polling station until three in the morning. Like it's, it's kind of a shock to some people, which is why, you know, there have been a lot of reports in Canada about sort of professionalizing um, the role of the election worker, like kind of like you guys have, where there would just kind of be a rotation for municipal, federal, and provincial. And you could just kind of pluck them out of this reserve whenever it's needed, and then just sort of adjust them to the laws as it's needed, but um, not there yet. Uh, for now, we just rely on the baptism by fire method, <laughs> which is not the most efficient, but uh, that's what we have. And that's what the law calls for. Just talked to um, an election official from Sweden, and he was talking about how while they have a very electronic voting registration system, they're, they're manual counting. Yeah. Um, can you go into, like, why would you be at a, a place until <laughs> 3 a.m.? Because it's not very common <laughs> for us to have poll workers be at locations until 3 a.m. Oh, Eric would know. He's been in a Ukrainian polling station. He's probably, <laughs> he knows. Um, so for us, uh, that's a very good question. So actually provincially and municipally, we actually do have voting machines. So we have the famous Dominion. They actually are a Canadian company out of Toronto and they have the contract uh, provincially and municipally to, actually, I don't know about municipal, I shouldn't say that, but I know provincially they have the contract and they, the ballots are just fed kind of into a machine. And at the end of the night, biggity bang, they give you a number. And then sometimes when there's recounts, you have to hand count them. But so far, at least in my area, we haven't had to do that because we have the wide margins, but um uh, federally, no, it's all done by hand. There's a huge reluctance federally to use any kind of technology. I know the chief electoral officer had asked for that after the 2019 
election was to kind and he used Ontario and British Columbia as an example. He said, look at how they do it provincially. They're not in the polling stations until three in the morning. It's just counted automatically. Um, I actually think it's a bit of um, an issue that's actually more logistical because if you're in a rural area of Canada, which Canada's quite big, um, there could be issues of connectivity. There could be issues of internet access. If you go up north, good luck with both because they still use mush dogs to like move ballot boxes around. So I think it's just more of a question of equity. And I think it's a question of um, just making sure that you could have those elements in place. And with something like not knowing what your election day is, it's kind of a logistical nightmare to try to plan for that. So I think for now, we're going to stick with the hand counts. But if we get a majority government, which we didn't get with this election, there may actually be a more robust discussion about um, the use of technology at the federal level. But for now, we just get to enjoy it at the provincial and municipal level. And on a lot of Indigenous reserves, they actually do internet voting. So if you really want to get your kicks, you can go to the Indigenous level because that's kind of a, a, a free-for-all in terms of uh, technology and internet voting. And yeah. Did Elections Canada decide to use electronic poll books, though? I know they have been talking about it. Didn't happen. <laughs> Didn't happen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know there was some, I know there was some talk about that. Um, we did have them provincially, like provincially the last election, which was in 2018. So we're actually going to have a provincial election this spring. Um, they had electronic poll books. They had the electronic counting. They're really like diving into the deep end in terms of the electronic everything other than obviously internet voting. Federally, it just kind of came to a screeching halt and they reserved, went back to what they did in 2019. Now, I'm curious to see what the report will be from the chief electoral officer. I can confirm, especially in my area, that staffing and hiring is a huge issue. These are issues that can be resolved using technology. These are issues that can be resolved. Even using a scanner to scan your ID would be a godsend. Um, so I suspect this will kind of come to a head because I know we were not the only area who had issues like this. It is not uncommon in the United States for the, um, I'm going to say a relatively small group of people who are pro hand counting uh, of ballots. Um, and, and they'll use Canada as an example. They say, oh, Canada counts the ballots by hand. But I always have to remind them that, you know, for a parliamentary election, you're only counting one race just for member right. of parliament in that, in that writing. Correct. Um, you know, in St. Louis County last November, we had a minimum of like 50 things on the ballot. So somebody was there in at least one case till 3 a.m. counting one race right. times that by 50 and and uh, you're talking about a, a really crazy scenario. So I think I'm just making this point for my own edification yeah. here, but <laughs> <laughs> I wanna point that out to people. Yeah, no, no, and you're not wrong. Um, I was a wee thing the last time we had a federal referendum. I believe that was in 93 for the Charlottetown Accord. Um, I wasn't that wee, but I was pretty wee and uh, people tell me it was a bit bananas the count that night because you had ooh, two ballots you know and then you had the yes no and then you had your candidates uh, and I think also too for us we are getting a lot of pluralism on the political party side so we now have the green party which has candidate representative like has candidates in the house of commons we have the green sorry we have the greens we have the liberals the conservatives the people's party of Canada we have the Bloc Québécois so you know if things were to get a bit more interesting in terms of our diversity in our parliament. I agree with you that uh, machines would be nice to have. Uh, for now, people can make the argument that we have a pretty simplified system. But uh, 
yeah, I, it, it will be interesting to see what recommendations the chief electoral comes up, chief electoral officer comes up with, because, you know, counting and the recruitment and uh, people at paying, paying people to work the polls has, I think, come to a head. I love it that you referred to your small self as we, I think that's a very Canadian <laughs> expression. So that was great. Just with the proximity to the United States, do you hear criticisms about, you know, like, what is the... I'm just so curious how internationally people are looking at what's happening in Arizona, all of the stuff that's happening with questions about elections integrity. Is any of that drifting into Canada or mostly people saying, I'm so glad we have the system that we have and we're not dealing with what the United States is or are some people starting to question it there too? That's a very good question. So I grew up actually in Windsor, which is just across from Detroit. So when I did live there, I had the chance to, I think in the 2004, 2008 presidential elections, I went down just to, cause I was a keener with my member of parliament to see, he was like on some sort of like observation thing. And I went with him. And at that time you could like cross the border with like a McDonald's coupon and they would let you through. That's obviously not the case anymore. And I remember those big ballots in Michigan. And I remember thinking it was very neat that you guys voted for judges and your local comptroller and your, you know, I remember thinking that was really cool. And it's obviously very different here in Canada. That probably the one thing that sticks out in my mind from the American election is everybody kind of did a bit of a head tilt when the criticisms came forward for Dominion, because Dominion's a bit of a rock solid thing up here. Like we use them a lot and not just an election and Smartmatic, like they're they're used here for things like laundromats and um paying like your parking so I didn't and I'll be very honest I was didn't really understand the criticism they seemed like a pretty reliable piece of machinery and not someone who would like use Hugo Chavez as their CEO I don't even remember the arguments but they were pretty kind of wonky um and the other thing that I think surprised Canadians was um kind of the attack on election workers and the attack on election administrators like there seems to be a bit of reverence here for those positions. Um, you know, I can remember even when I was recruiting people, they, you know, they'd be like on the phone, like, shut your pie hole. I'm talking to Elections Canada, right? Like it was the queen or something. <laughs> and there's there's a lot of pride. Like I, I saw a lot of on my just my personal social media feeds, like I'm taking the day off to work for Elections Canada. I'm, you know, like our elections are a big source of pride. So that was probably two things that people were kind of like, how you attacked your election administrator. Oh my God, those people like give life and limb for the electoral process. Like, how could you do that? So that's uh, two things that shocked, if you even want to use that word Canadians, but um, I wasn't surprised that the results held up in court. Uh, I like to think that your election system for the criticism it gets is still pretty cool. And uh, I personally enjoy learning about the different systems you have in the different states. So yeah, I wasn't surprised. Stephanie, what else? Is there anything else that you want to mention or want? Um, I was going to say Americans to know, but it's mostly election geeks <laughs> that listen to this. What do you want election know, geeks but... to know about <laughs> Canadian elections? Um, that's a good question. Oh, so maybe one thing I'll mention is like, so surprise, surprise, we have another minority government. Um, I think it's just saying Trudeau thought he was going to get a majority and he didn't. And there's literally, it's almost like copy paste, the exact same results from the last election in terms of his seat distribution. So everybody's kind of both annoyed and not surprised. 
So we could be in another election in six months. We don't know. Um, elections, like technically the House of Commons, ha which is again, like our House of Representatives has to fall, which means an election has to be called. If a budget bill doesn't get passed, or if there's a vote of what we call non-confidence. So if Justin Trudeau royally messes up something and enough people in the House of Commons vote for a vote of non-confidence, we go just go right into an election. So there's been some talk of austerity measures post-COVID. There's been some talk of reducing some of the benefits that came out of COVID-19. So I'll be curious to see if our government holds up in the next six months, because uh, we could have like even like a provincial and federal election at the same time, which I will lose my mind. Um, literally, I will lose my mind. You know, stranger things have happened. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's the scenario we find ourselves here in Canada. Now, I would like to see something where, and I'm going to kind of put on my political hat here, as we saw like in Germany, or we see like in other countries where when there's a lot of minority governments and people kind of just form these coalitions and they try to work together. But that's still like a not a thing here. And I don't know why. Um, maybe we could have a larger like political science discussion about that. But I'm hoping we can kind of stretch out the parliamentary calendar to the full four years with a minority government. So that would be kind of my like election wish if uh, I could have one. Um, and then, of course, when you guys have your American elections, I'm hoping to go visit and observe because this is kind of where we nerd out and have all our fun. You know, some people like to go jogging and marathons and I like to watch elections. So, <laughs> well, we, we have them all the time. So I know. come on down whenever, and we're probably <laughs> having one. All right, everyone. That was high turnout, wide margins. Big thanks to Stephanie Plumpt from Canada, Elections Canada for being our guest. We hope you enjoyed it. Hope you listen next time to high turnout, wide margins.